0: Hello everybody, this is Kevin Witham and welcome to Season 3 of the Common Grounds Unity Podcast. Jesus valued unity and prayed for it, that we may all be one. We believe unity is best achieved through relationships rather than beginning with disagreements over doctrine, practice, or ideology. We value the gathering, breaking bread and sharing a cup of coffee or your favorite beverage. We invite you to gather with another Christian outside your particular family of churches and tell others that Unity starts with a cup of coffee. So grab a cup and let's get started with another episode of the Common Grounds Unity Podcast. Welcome to another Common Grounds Unity Podcast. We're glad to have you back with us again this week for another conversation uh, among unity-minded believers. That is our our mission here on Common Ground Unity, to bring people together to build bridges and to uh, encourage you to grab a cup of coffee and go meet somebody or whatever you, know, you prefer. I know we have a lot of non-coffee drinkers that listen. Uh, the relationship piece is the important piece, and start building those bridges um, of unity in your community. And we're talking to a couple of guys that have Uh, done just that and are working towards really being the answer to that John 17 prayer. So I'm going to reintroduce them in just a moment, but first want to again mention that if you'd like to financially support uh, Common Ground Unity, you can do that by looking in the show notes. We've got some ways that we're building more into Common Ground Unity, including the uh, addition of Drew Baker. As an Associate Executive Director, we're going to try to bring coaching alongside these gatherings that are starting to develop more and more, not only in the United States, but around the world. Uh, And we're also trying to offer some resources in addition to the podcast, like live stream events and classes that can make contributions to to you and your work and ministry. So uh, join with us, partner with us, and again, look in the show notes for ways uh, to give to Common Grounds Unity. So we're back with uh, these two brothers from Spokane, Washington. Uh, Troy Burns is the senior minister at the Sunrise Church of Christ in Spokane. And uh, Troy uh, has been a part of that congregation since uh, first being a part-time youth minister, then a full-time youth minister, and now the senior minister. You know, that's how they get you in, start you out (laughs) as that part-time youth minister. And here you are now, Troy. Uh, Let's so Troy's back with us and for a, a larger introduction to Troy, you can listen to our last podcast, the same with Henry Hallib, who is also with us. Uh, he is a, a Texas boy. Originally, that's where he was born and raised and educated and, uh, did ministry there. He is now in Spokane, Washington, and, uh, he is serving there as the, uh, the senior minister at the Northside Church of Christ. Uh, Troy and Henry, uh, are on our podcast today because they caught our attention uh, through the way they built bridges to one another and reached out to one another, and and unity is building between two churches, Sunrise and Northside. Sunrise is in the you know, tradition of the Christian churches, Churches of Christ, as far as that stream of the Restoration Movement, and the Northside congregation where Henry is Is a a part of the acapella tradition in history. And Henry showed up, as we heard in our last podcast, uh, one day at Troy's door there at the church building, introduced himself, and some great collaboration has ensued. They've worshiped together on a number of occasions, building relationships between their elderships and churches. And it's an exciting story. So I hope you'll listen to last week's podcast. To welcome them again, though, I've got to say, you know, we, we did a lightning round in last week's podcast, and I threw a little curveball to Henry. I asked him, what unknown or hidden talents do you have that uh, you could tell us about? It, it, Henry, uh, tell me a little bit about why that was a hard question as a minister.
1: <laughs> yeah, Maybe an un- yeah, you don't get to hide your talents, uh, especially working in small churches. You end up being, oh, well, either you, you can do it, and therefore they find out. Or you have to learn to do it so so that you can get the next thing done. Says, so all right, uh, computer repair. Got it. Okay. Uh, outdoor activities. I'll get my wilderness first responder training. Uh, let's learn how to rock climb. Uh, we need somebody to lead singing this Sunday and also preach and do communion. All right. Well, we'll do that. It's just.
0: We... You see, as a, as a preacher, that is the perfect answer to that question. I, just, I We had to share that with yeah. our, uh, our listeners today. So, Troy, welcome back to you. Um, Hope you guys all is well there in Spokane. Um, We're going to talk a little bit today about preaching the good news in Spokane. Um, Let's continue this conversation. And again, I encourage our listeners, don't miss last podcast, because the foundation and so much of the discussion about what's happened in, in these churches, experiencing the kind of unity Jesus prayed for us to talk about there. But, guys, talk to us about your experience preaching at each other's congregations. How has it benefited you, and how has it benefited your congregations?
2: Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, so we, we, we did a, a preacher swap. Um, is, is probably the, the best framework of that, where uh, I preached at Northside, and on this very same morning, Henry preached over at Sunrise, uh, We got another one coming up soon. And we have another one coming up in in March. Yep, we're going to do that again. And and, uh, Henry doesn't like in this setting, Henry talks way more than me. But preaching, I talk a lot longer than him. And so, he actually he actually finished up at sunrise and got back to Northside when I was still here. I was I was done <laughs> preaching, but still at the building. But it was it was it was very uh, enjoyable and encouraging to to speak to people that I, I had kind of met him a little bit before. But then to actually get to present a whole sermon to them and and be you know, in their service for the music and the Lord's Supper and all those things uh, was just really need to be part of the service. I had my my older daughter was home from college at that time because it was summertime. And so uh, uh, two, two of my three kids were actually with me because they're they're kind of grown up now. But having having two of them there and my wife, it was really fun for them to to meet new people. They don't they don't normally, you know, love to just visit forever but this time they did, uh, it was really, it was really fun for them to meet some some Northside people. And uh, it was just very encouraging to be with that group and just uh, yeah, hopefully it was fun for them to hear from somebody different. And I know I got great feedback over at uh, Sunrise getting to hear from someone much smarter than myself. Um, and, and also Henry was there. Yeah. I, no, but no, Henry was the, Henry Henry was the, the smarter one. So it was, and, and people have told us that our styles complement each other pretty well. And so it was, it was just neat to, to experience that. That's, that's how I felt about it. So,
1: yeah, I think anytime you get to, to, I mean, people get used to one voice Mm -hmm. and it, it, I think it's easy to kind of tune out after a while or um, I mean, it's the same person with uh, the, the, I get up there every Sunday with the same cadence and the same style. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, Troy and I could do the same sermon as the other one did the week before and it would be yeah. um, different for the, for those hearing. Um, so I think for, for my church, getting that change up, getting a different voice and that perspective shift and, and all of that was a good thing. I think also the just getting to know people afterwards part, yeah, uh, mm-hmm. which is so much easier to do away from a joint service. Yeah. Is mm-hmm. so that a joint service? Yeah. It's, it's both. And you naturally, I think, go to the people that, you know, so mostly it's my members coming to me after a joint service. I think it's mostly your members going to you after a joint service. They didn't have that option after a pulpit swap, but Mm -hmm. like good people in our tradition, they're going to talk to the preacher after service because that's what you're supposed to do. (laughs) Um, And so uh, getting the chance to get to know people a little bit better. And then also just for my kids, Um, to get to spend some time with kids that they don't get to spend time with every Sunday, building those relationships. You know, I I think it may be, um, you know, this layer of work that starts the conversation that the generations that follow us finish. Yeah. Um, Mm. And I think that relationship building is going to be an important piece of it.
0: Yeah. I love love that thought. That that our kids may may be the ones to finish or just continue this work right that started with you guys. Yeah, this unity effort you uh, must have had and must be having a positive impact on the narratives uh, and attitudes within your congregations. How how might this paradigm shift impact your community and their perception of the gospel? In, in other words, how how might this advance the mission of Jesus in your community?
1: Well, I think anytime you can. I think there's a, a loud narrative that is not all that inaccurate, that uh, Christians tend to trip over themselves because we can't manage to get along with each other. And that ends up ultimately hurting the, the witness that we provide to the gospel. Um, I, I think that's not an inaccurate way to describe some of our struggle. Um, I think churches writing a counter narrative to that, like we are is important. Um, but also I think ultimately Uh, what we have is a pooling of resources, whether those resources are financial or um, are human, like manpower um, resources, uh, or just an energy that's boost that comes by doing stuff together. Um, I think those things matter. And I I think it matters that they see two churches doing something together. I don't know Mm -hmm. what the long-term impact of that is. I will let that to be decided by somebody who writes this up as a case study as part of their dissertation 30 years from now um, (laughs) to decide. But I think what we see hands on is a a difference making. And I I look back at the elementary school down the street. I think our impact in that school is growing partly because of the connections between our two churches and the people who are already there. Yeah.
2: Hmm. Yeah. And I, I I don't think most people in our neighborhoods and community would know That it's kind of a big deal in some ways, or it has been that, you know, acapella instrumental and like, like, oh my goodness, those two groups are getting together. They may not, it may not hit them that way, but I I feel like I don't see a ton of things happening that are, you know, uh, cooperating congregations. So if we, if we do a like we're going to do a vacation Bible school in in June, or we have the block party, or the trunk or treat, and when we're able to promote those events from from both, and we're uh, and they, I think you're coming to the sweetheart banquet. Yep, we got that. Valentine's thing Excellent. we're having, so all these things that that have both congregations promoting and inviting people, and people know that it's a cooperative effort. I think is at least at least as far as I can tell, it's not something we see super often. It's more like this this one congregation is doing this invite. and inviting. So just seeing that cooperative effort, I think is impactful. And also as Henry was saying, just just people knowing that we're Christians by our love, you know, type of thing, that, that, that unity and that, that we get along and we love each other and the message that that sends because a lot of times people who don't, who aren't involved in church and just are forming opinions about the church are typically thinking, well, they're they're hypocrites, or they can't get along, and this and that. And so I think uh, I think it does give us a platform and a, a way of of looking positive to the community, and hopefully having something that maybe they'll want for themselves. Well, and I think having two churches
1: this close to each other that have the same name on the door writes a narrative, whether it's one that's true or not.
0: Right. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, Ooh, yeah. Good point. I, yeah, yeah. It and, caught my and how attention. Often that's- Yeah. Yeah. How often is that the case in cities around our country? The the congregation I'm presently working with and serving, you know, there for a long time, they were on a particular street and two blocks, I think it was one block over, there was another congregation of a Church of Christ Mm -hmm. and not interaction between the two. What does that say to our neighborhoods and communities?
1: It it says something and we we don't get to decide what it says. Yeah. No, that's right. 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 That's
0: right. Yes. So generally speaking, you know, everyone in the restoration movement would probably say, yeah, we're for unity in, in one form or another. But unfortunately, mm-hmm. um, few leaders or leadership teams intentionally make unity outside of their congregations a priority. Some within our fellowships have become isolationists, legalistically holding to you know, their own version of rightness, even mm-hmm. making it impossible at uh, a fellowship with others. What what would you say, or better yet, what do you think Jesus would say to these leaders?
1: Mm. Uh, <laughs> stop it. <laughs> no, I, I think part it really of reminds me, you of the
0: old New snip Yeah, yeah that's heart. exactly what yeah. I was yeah. thinking He's when I <laughs> stop it, it. not in my mind. <laughs> no,
1: part of me gets it though. Like the smaller you shrink your circle, the more comfortable and less exhausting it is to maintain those boundaries that provide you that, that sort of simplicity and asking people to step towards what we're doing is, is uncomfortable because it's unfamiliar. There's so much uncertainty. It's not part of, of what we've done. And I think the bigger challenge is getting people to let go of that comfort or that um, illusion of control they have. And so that's actually where I would start. Mm -hmm. And I know that's the bigger place. I stop it is so much easier to say. (laughs) Um, but Mm -hmm. I'm recognizing the very human, um, and, and not godly, uh, kind of, uh, motivators Mm -hmm. for our decision Mm -hmm. to retain that small circle. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think a deeper examination of that probably, um, probably helps. And I think conversations and the reason I say that is because conversations that we've had as elderships together and independently with our elders, with other members of our churches have ultimately gotten down to that. Yeah. Uh, Mm -hmm. And so I think that's the, the the starting place is a bigger conversation about why these boundaries are so important to us.
2: Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, I think, the, we want to we want to have a unity that's in truth, like we want to be based on the truth of of God's word, uh, the Bible. Uh, but there's also this thing, something you had said really stood out to me is just this idea of kind of I have to be right type of thing, and and therefore you're wrong. And I something that I think that I really feel like came out of all the COVID. Time, COVID restrictions, and things, and especially social media and media in general, is uh, things are very extreme and polarized, and and I'm very very right, and you're very very wrong, and so I think if the church does that, it, it feeds into that. Of I, I think people, yep. I I hope are are tired of that type of extreme way of thinking, that that polar opposite thing, and and. I think we really don't want to see that in the church, but on the other hand, I think that we can set an example there too of like, you know what, we have these and these differences, but, but we're still united that we're, we're, you know, we follow Jesus. We're brothers and sisters in Christ. And so we have this, yes, we believe the truth of the Bible, but it's also, it's not this dynamic of, of, I'm I'm just, I can't go there myself. I mean, i you know, I believe in the truth, but I can't go to this extreme of like, I just can't do it anymore. This I'm all right and you're all wrong. And I, and I think that I think people in the world need to see that from the church. And I and I hope we're working toward that as yeah. part of what we're doing. I the recognition that really like
1: I can't figure out how to get my kid to consistently eat dinner. <laughs> so why do I think I can figure out the mysteries of God and have it all figured out and, and force people to believe exactly what I think is correct or um, banish them for eternity to yeah. just such a, mm-hmm. a, a insane line to draw to me? This like I have all of the answers about who God is and what God does and what God wants. And your toe crossed the line there. So see ya. Mm hmm. It's just, yeah,
0: yeah. very yeah. good points. And you know, our our theme, our, our uh, I should say, the title of this ministry, common grounds. Yeah, you know, when you start to build these bridges, you find that we have far more in common than we have apart, and that's one of the things we like to stress here. I mean, yeah. here we all come from the vantage point that we believe uh, the Bible is God's word, that it's what informs our faith, mm-hmm. and that Jesus is Lord, and You know, we hold to these and just other truths. I think it's often surprising through these conversations just how much we do all have in common, and we get so bogged down on things that may just be so peripheral to to scriptural teaching, if if really a part of scriptural teaching at all. So Mm -hmm. that's great encouragement. Let's get practical for just a couple of moments. Hmm. Um, Give some practical advice to leaders and congregants who you know want to encourage their churches to do what your congregations have done model it mm-hmm.
1: don't expect somebody else to do it yeah um if if uh, i don't think hoping for it while standing on the sidelines is an effective uh, approach yeah uh, so if mm-hmm. if you want to see it happen decide that it's worth it and and get after it yeah mm-hmm. um and the other thing is, don't tie yourself to a timeline, um, it to decide whether or not your effort is successful. Yeah, um, I've been surprised by ours. Mm-hmm. but I think I'm only seeing a very small part of the timeline. Um, Troy speaks of, uh, you know, a time before that, and one of my elders remembers 1960s debates, <laughs> not one of our finer moments. Um, where that was the nature of the relationship. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. It was argumentative. Yeah. Um, so maybe that timeline is actually a lot longer. Um, but
2: those efforts have led somewhere. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I really would echo what he says about modeling it. Our, uh, we've had a couple little events where not a ton of our members were there, but our our elders and ministers were. So, like uh, a pie, pie a pie contest. men's pie baking contest here at North. Other advice: Have a pie baking contest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I'm <laughs> yeah. on
0: board with you there already.
2: That's that in <laughs> itself, yeah. And but our our elders and ministers were were here, and then we had a like a men for at Christmas time we had like a men's tool, ladies ornament exchange thing, and like Northside's minister and elders were there. So it's like the when the leaders are active and supporting and participating in these things. Even if there's not a ton of members at a, maybe a certain event, it really, I think, establishes a foundation and makes it more likely that, that uh, additional members are going to participate the next time. And I also would, the other in terms of just advice for leaders, at least from my experience, is to, is to not have the attitude of like, well, we've tried that before and it didn't work. So yeah. we're, we're mm-hmm. not going to do that. or just assuming that it's going to go like it did before, like be willing to to take that step and just say, you know what, this, we're just going to try this now. I'm going to like when Henry stopped by my church door three, three years ago now, um, you know, just look at everything that's come from that. And so I, I would encourage people to, to not assume it's going to be the way it's always been.
1: Almost three years to the date, actually. Yeah, I hadn't thought of that. It. it was yeah, it was
2: probably late January, right? So late probably January
1: or early February. Yeah,
2: right around this time. It was groundhog day, so we don't we don't <laughs> know if Buxitani Bucks- Phil saw his shadow that that year, but he did this year, and good things are happening.
0: Well, that listen, I. I like all that, and especially the pie part. Uh, yeah. Hey, how do you, <laughs> how do you remain disunited, you know, when you're sitting across the table with a good piece of pie? So we do yeah. a men's pie baking contest yeah. before Thanksgiving
1: every yeah. year, and you
2: know, it was. Yeah, it was pretty good it was a lot of yeah, 30, 30 pies 30 plus pies and, <laughs> and I, I i couldn't even vote for my own pie because one of theirs was so oh my god so good
1: cream. yeah and
2: it was the one that won so at least i voted for the
1: correct there you go one, so. forget coffee <laughs> I mean, well, yeah get forget together coffee. Over, just add pie to the add coffee. pie to the
2: coffee yeah
0: Oh yeah, there you go. I, I'm gonna to talk to John Teal, our, our producer and the other board members and see if maybe we need to rebrand this Unity Starts with a piece of pie. I yeah. think you guys are on the something in here. Yeah, it um, goes well with
2: coffee too, yeah.
0: Oh <laughs> yeah, there you you can have both. Uh, yes. I'll come in. Yes. Hey everybody, we'll be right back with the rest of this episode. We want to take a moment to thank Mission Alive and Central Christian College of the Bible for sponsoring this episode. Mission Alive equips leaders to start innovative communities of faith focused on transforming marginal communities. They provide church planning, training, apprenticeships, consulting, and discipleship cohorts, among other resources. They can also train you to be a nationally accredited coach through Catalyze Coach Training. This 28-week credential will equip you to impact and transform your church organization, leadership, and ministry. Learn how God can transform your life and ministry by going to missionalive.org. That's missionalive.org or emailing them at contact at missionalive.org. And Central Christian College of the Bible has low-cost, innovative, and flexible master's programs in ministry leadership and preaching that they want you to know about. These two-year programs are designed to be one-third online, one-third on campus, and one-third supervised ministry by an expert in your interest area. The mentoring courses can offer credit in your local ministry. Graduates like Dr. Don Mahardi and Jonathan Curtis are impacting the kingdom in deeper, more meaningful ways because of their education at CCCB. So find out more at cccb.edu. Front slash graduate. That's cccb.edu front slash graduate. If, if you guys wanted to teach about God's heart for unity, um, scripturally speaking, now for just a moment, what are some verses or a verse that you would add to John 17 that have resonated with your own heart? That would encourage our listeners to think of its importance and why
2: you yeah, know i i would i would say just uh you know the teaching that that they'll know we're christians by our love um mm-hmm. just i mean that i really i really believe that that i mean we're supposed to love the world of course like jesus god so loved the world and that's why jesus went to the cross and we're supposed to love the world but also. Think it's critical for us as followers of Jesus to love each other, to to set that example of not having the the divisions, the the backbiting, the the gossip, all those kind of things. I think that I think the world really needs to see us as a as a light in the darkness, and not as as darkness, as as like, yeah. hey, you know, they can they can go anywhere else and get that. Um, and not only that, but it's somewhat of an earned reputation that the church. Um, has, has had that, that we've, we've kind of been like that the church has. And so um, I think we really need to, it starts with us loving each other and setting that example for the world. So that, that's one that comes to my mind.
1: Um, I'd add uh, Isaiah 49, six, Mm. it's too small a thing to simply restore the nation of Israel. Um, Mm. I, I think the, the, we get focused on stuff that in the, the, broader mission is um, too small. Hmm. Um, and then uh, one of my favorite passages, it's a Ezra 3, uh, the rebuilding of the foundation. We mm-hmm. actually shared yeah. this right. at one of the services yeah. um, where you have um, all of these people with very different experiences of the temple. Young who've never seen it and are celebrating the laying of the foundation. Old who remember found the temple as it was before um its destruction Um, but they come together and Mm -hmm. cry out some with joy and some with sorrow but they're together um -hmm. and it's not split based on their experiences or their Mm -hmm. their comfort oh no us old priests are only going to get together with those who want to mourn at this moment Mm -hmm. it's it's this yeah. beautiful moment where yeah. uh, I, th- I love the note, the sound could be heard a very long
0: way away. Mm-hmm. Um, it has an impact. Yeah, it's a great, absolute. That's a great passage.
2: Yeah.
0: yeah. Well, guys, we're going to have to get close to bringing our conversation to a close. And I want to leave a little room for another little lightning round here. Um, <laughs> oh, uh, that, that's, that's, <laughs> our, our listeners enjoy that. And we get to know you guys at, at, beyond your ministry and, and the things we've been talking about. Is there any last... Uh, words or encouragement that you'd like to share with our listeners before we kind of move into that piece?
1: Yeah, I, I said it a minute ago and I'll just reiterate it, uh, decide that it's worth it. Mm-hmm. Um, invest in the relationships. Mm. Um, even if it doesn't result quickly in your churches mm. getting together for stuff. Yeah. Ultimately it builds the kingdom. I just decide that it's worth it. Mm. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I would I would echo that and just kind of repeating myself but just a- avoiding the attitude of of this is, this isn't going to work or we've tried that before. Um we're we're kind of living proof that that has not been the case for us that it actually has been different, it has been better and uh, more and more things are happening our our leaders uh, if you can if you can have all of your leaders on board and excited about it, I think that's going to produce tremendous fruit and so I think it has to start there, but I think it can really grow from there too. So, um, yeah, it's it's definitely worth it. And I would tell other
0: people the same thing. Well, good, good thoughts. Sure. Well, It's been a great conversation. I've loved both last podcast and this podcast, just getting to know you guys better and letting our listeners get to know not only you better, you know, one of the things we're trying to do is introduce folks to one another in the larger (laughs) stream to this movement, but also to hear about just this exciting work and we'd love to bring you on a year from now and just hear how things have continued to, to mm. prosper and fruit has come from this schedule it, so i'm in all right <laughs> we appreciate it these are the kind of stories we want to hear over and over again and yeah. encourage i want to move to the lightning round now just have a little fun <laughs> and at uh, and all Deep so, myself. <laughs> I'll try to refrain from any strong curveballs this, this time. Is the difficult but part of this podcast, yeah, so, really. This is the difficult part. This is where it gets hard. So, uh, <laughs> we're going to start with you, Henry, on this one. We started with Troy last time, yep. and and then I'm going to move through some of these. Here's the first question: Other than Jesus, who inspires you?
1: Um, Tim Henderson has been uh, one of the guys who's helped pattern. Um, how I think. And then, uh, to, to reach outside family. Cause I think it's too cheap to just say my dad.
0: <laughs> yeah. But you said it and that's good. that's good.
2: It's intentional. Yeah.
0: All right. Troy.
2: I have, I have, I don't have a, a certain person's name necessarily, but just people who have been in my life or who I've read in literature and so forth, but people who, uh, really look deeply into how dark and awful life can be. And instead of just leaving it there, pulling out some hope from that. Um, There's been some authors who've done that, some people I've known who just grow up in horrible life situations that have really broken the cycle and turned things around. So people that really, truly understand how awful life can be, but have taken something hopeful out of that and and passed that hope on to others in the next generation have really inspired
0: me. Very good, Troy. What is your go-to pastime?
2: I, I yeah, I, I like to run. Actually, I may not. I don't know how much you can see me, and I may not look <laughs> like it, but uh, I really like to. I really like to run. I've even done uh, five marathons and and a bunch of uh, runs mm. less than that amount as well. But um, I've done a
1: lot of runs that, that, less than that. Yeah, amount. yeah, yeah. That's that's my that's my go-to. Yeah. All right. Ski, skiing in the winter, rock climbing in the summer. Yeah. All right.
0: What's your favorite dessert, Henry? Ooh, uh,
1: big fan of pumpkin pie. It's been a Ooh, favorite for you. a long
0: time. Ooh, yeah. We have fellowship there. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I boy.
2: like, I, I like the, the molten chocolate cake where you bite into the cake and then there's the, the hot fudge or syrup, whatever, inside with some ice cream wow. and whipped cream. That's, uh, I'll take that over over dinner if I have the choice.
0: <laughs> oh, that sounds good. Um, what's your favorite meal with a friend, Troy? If you're going to get together, meet a friend, is it breakfast, lunch, or dinner?
2: Yeah, I would I would say breakfast just because I typically don't really eat breakfast, especially not a big out-type breakfast. So I love to, to go out and get the heart attack on a plate, yeah. you know, the bacon, sausage, <laughs> put some gravy on it. So that that's, that's it for me. Literally the same answer for the <laughs> exact same reason.
1: Almost never eat breakfast. Yeah. So the idea of putting biscuits, gravy, eggs, bacon, yeah. sausage... I'll, like just pile it high. Yeah. yeah, that's I, a beautiful indeed, yeah. thing right there. <laughs> it, yeah, it, is.
0: Is. it is. I, I join you guys for that one. One last one. What is your number? What's number one on your bucket list? Mm. Skiing in Europe. Mm.
2: Yeah, I think for me, uh, an, an Ironman triathlon. I don't know if I'll ever actually be able to train for it, but but it's on my bucket list. I'd like to be able to do that.
0: Guys, it's been great uh, to have you. Uh, and, and again, we hope you'll come back. Uh, it's just, it's been a great conversation. I hope people have not only uh, learned some things about what can happen, but get inspired to do it. You have both encouraged us to take action and we need to talk less and do more, I think along these lines. So, so appreciate you both being with us. We're going to be back uh, next week or no, two weeks from now uh, to drop another podcast Talk about unity in Christ. So join us again on the Common Ground Unity Podcast. Thanks, Kevin. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you for listening to the Common Ground Unity Podcast. Please check out commongroundunity.org to learn more about who we are. You can subscribe to the essays, join our Facebook group, or find our YouTube channel. And please check out the gatherings page where you can connect with other unity-minded Christians in your area. If you want to volunteer or ask questions, please email john at commongroundsunity.org. And lastly, we need your help by donating to this ministry of reconciliation. Your donation is tax-deductible. Links for donating are in the show notes or on our website. Until next time, God bless. And remember, unity starts with a cup of coffee.